Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, March 9th. 2023. This is the Mike Abadir Show, and I am your host, Mike Abadir. Hope everyone is doing really well as we creep towards the official start of spring this weekend. We've got ourselves a daylight saving switch. Thank God. Not one of the ones that likes it dark all year here in California. It gets dark in the fours in the winter, so I'm going to be really stoked to be in the sevens. We'll be on the same page with our brothers in Arizona finally, too as uh, they just sit the same year round. Today, Pop, uh, the theme is out. Out. Patrick Ewing, out. Giannis, out. Durant, out. But let's talk about who's in. We got a lot to talk about in terms of baseball. The WBC has started, and the U.S. is in. The U.S., played a tune-up game yesterday against the Giants. The Giants pitching kind of got them shut down a little bit, which is pretty crazy. But today we were treated to the Shohei Otani show early, early in the morning. And actually, I was up to watch it. Pop, have you had a chance to get into the WBC yet? You know what? I've been able to look. I haven't been looking at games, but I did look at um, USA's roster. Oh, boy, that that roster stacked with old, old, young. And, and I'm telling you right now, the younger players on there that people, if they're watching, they're going to have to pay attention to these guys because they're the next stars in the MLB. Um, let me get you good. Uh, Mullins from the Orioles. I'm r- really excited to see what he's going to be able to do because I think he's going to have a, a breakout season this year. That's why I keep saying, you know what, don't sleep on the Orioles, man. I, I'm getting really excited about the season coming up because I think I might have to go ahead and maybe put a little nibble on the Orioles to make the playoffs. So, you know, um, but all in all, they got a great pitching staff. We get to see who we, who I feel is the best player in all of baseball, Mike Trout. I know you love your show, Hey, and all that because he does, does it both. He pitches and he hits, but the best hitter on their team is Mike. We could, let's keep it real, Mike, that Trout is the man. And, um, pretty much, uh, he's just been hurt. But Mike Trout, I feel like he could have wrote one of the greatest stories in baseball if he wasn't always hurt. That's the biggest thing. That's always going to be the biggest thing about Mike Trout, the what if. What if. You know what I mean? Because Mike Trout is like a part of that, like, I would say, I want to say, I want to bring God into this. I want to say that he's a part of that that methodical level. Like, Shohei as well, too, because he pitches and all, but Mike was like, really like, wow, everything's perfect about this guy. So, you know, Mike Trout leading the team this year, that's almost some Captain America stuff. So I feel like he'll be able to establish himself uh, once again as the face of baseball because we need Mike Trout to be the face of baseball. He reminds you of the good old days of baseball, the Garrick's, the um, the uh, Mickey Mantles, the Joe DiMaggio's, those guys that uh, used to be it's way before our time, but the guys that used to be on home run derby on Saturday. He reminds you of those larger-than-life uh, baseball players that we grew up, 
you know, hearing about idolizing. He's like right out of a 1950s, uh, you know, New York Times. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is like Trout, it's, it's, you just need him to be really good this year. And I think MLB can be a really fun product. But I think MLB is going to be a fun product regardless because NFL has a lot of controversy around it. NBA is starting to have a lot of controversy about it. But good old baseball just keeps on being baseball. You know what I mean? And that's and I think a lot of people are getting to get to that because I there's a lot of people that are just as excited uh that like I am for baseball. And then you look at the WBC, you got Israel playing in there with you this year. You got Italy playing in there. You got Great Britain playing in there this year. You got uh J- you got Japan, you got China, you got uh um you got the Dominican as usual. You got um, the Puerto Ricans. I think the Cubans are a part of this as well, too. You have the Netherlands, which is literally Caracos anyway. So this is just fun. And then it's, what makes it really fun is that every single one of the WBC teams all have a MLB player. Yeah, you could be an American, but if you say are Jewish, you can play for the Israel team. And say if you are Italian, you can go play for the Italy. And Great Britain, same thing as well. And then, you know, the team that we're not talking about enough in the um, WBC, and we should be talking about them a little bit more because they do have about 20% of their country in the MLB, the Canadians. Uh, the Canadians are have a squad, Mike. Like, they have a really, really good team. I looked at who was on Team Canada, and I was like, uh, Team Canada might have some say here. So, you know, it's going I think this is probably going to be the most competitive WBC of all time because America won the last one and I know that now everybody kind of need we needed America to win it so then we could get the attention on it. Now America has the much needed pressure of being the best team in the world. So that's what's making this so fun. And I think that if they're able to win it again, baseball is really going to get the right push that it needs to go into this year because the NBA playoffs right now are very, very, very close to being probably the worst uh, segment of them ever because the NBA is just at that bad of a point. Literally, it's getting exciting again because the Lakers are playing pretty good basketball, but then you just said it. KD's out. Giannis is out. Um, who else is like almost half the NBA's LeBron's out and it's like, okay, what are we doing here? So, but baseball, baseball just keeps getting better because, you know, they put these new rules into place. Now people are excited about it. Now they got something to talk about, you know what I mean? What's making things really, really good right now for, uh, the baseball world. Yeah. Look, uh, I think baseball has a unique opportunity and uh and I think they finally get it enough to be able to make and implement some of the changes that are necessary for the game to truly grow and get better. You made an interesting point about Team Canada by the way. I think people are sleeping on them. I think their roster is really uh you know uh, pretty re- remarkable. Uh you, you made the point also about um, the number of MLB guys playing in this. And that just kind of shows you the importance of this tournament. I've always wondered if some of these guys just don't use it to be like getting into midseason form by the time they get to opening day for baseball. 
Like, I, yeah, there's always the injury risk, but it's almost kind of like why not use it as an opportunity to have like even a more focused spring trading. You know what I mean? I guess for pitchers, it's like more meaningful stress pitches too early. But for all the other players, I think it's a big advantage when they go get to opening day. Their timing is already on hitting-wise. Their defense, they've already gotten all the uh, rust, you know, off the belt. I, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity. I love this tournament. Um, you know, I'd love to see it even longer. And I kind of want to see it in the middle of the baseball season. I know that's never going to happen. But I think that would be pretty cool. But they're, they're going about it the right way, man. I, I think this tournament's great. There's another team, by the way, not to sleep on, which is the Netherlands. You know, with Alexander Bogarts and, and all those guys, they're 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 nice. They're a pretty good right. team. That's Caracos, though. That's that's Andrew, where Andrew Jones and um, Kenley Jansen, uh, who they would have played for. Well, who who Kenley played for? You know, what I mean, that's right. crazy. Yeah, the kid exactly. Did for, he started off as a catcher, a catcher who was, was who was throwing the ball so hard back to pitchers, they had to make him a pitcher. That's right. nuts. That's nuts. Because he was a catcher, and he played, right. he, and he made his debut in the WBC. Not, and then, you know, me, I got a real history with uh, Jansen. That's why, because I saw his first ever game with the Dodgers when they brought him out. He threw 105 miles per hour on the first pitch, and you know he's going to be the future closer. And you know, Jonathan Broxton was throwing 102 at that time as well, too, with the slide piece. I know you remember that. Oh you yeah. Know? Because Jonathan Broxton was was uh, seen. Everybody forgets about Jonathan Broxton, but Jonathan Broxton almost broke Eric Gagne's record too. Yeah, a lot of people don't. The guy saved, I think, forty five games one year, and was the guy that brought the first win for the National League in almost, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen years um, at the All Star game in Anaheim. He was the pitcher who closed the game. I don't know what happened to Braxton. Braxton had a bad little stretch with the Dodgers. They took him out of the position of being the closer, whatever. And he was then on the free agent market, and nobody put nobody came out with a contract. And he wound up being on the Royals and still go to the All-Star game that, that year when he was with the Royals. But I think he had a bad shoulder, though. He had a bad I, – I think, I think he blew his arm up. I want to throw in a little bit of a, uh, an, a or not a, a clarification for those who are unaware. So Pop a few minutes ago said uh, that Curacao, you know, you could play for the Netherlands. Uh, he's absolutely right. The, the Netherlands is actually called the Kingdom of the Netherlands. And that is made up of Aruba, Curacao, St. Martin, and the Netherlands, like Holland, you know, what, what we used to traditionally be called Holland. All four of those make up the kingdom of the Netherlands. They're like almost like consider them like four states to make up one united, you know, kingdom, if you will. And so um, any of those like island guys can play there. And, you know, they've got a pretty nice roster. You know, it's not necessarily murderer's row, but it's like a pretty good defensive team. And they've got some experienced hitters like Jonathan uh, Profar and Roger Bernadina, Xander Bogarts, Sir Didi Gregorius, Jonathan uh, Shope, 
guys like that are pretty legit. You know, uh, Andrelton Simmons, uh, that catcher Trump, the right fielder Palacios, um, Wilton Ballantin. I mean, these are all guys who have faced major league pitching. You know, uh, their pitching is, you know, kind of lackluster. But I think this team is really interesting. And hey, man, I thought Cuba would lay the wood to them, you know, because they've got like a stacked roster too with Moncada and Luis Robert and Cespedes and all those guys. But Netherlands topped them, man. So this tournament is kind of up for grabs. But when all is said and done, it would be a huge disappointment, Bob, if the U.S. doesn't take this thing. Like you said, that roster is stacked. And I liked at the top of the show, by the way, how you gave Trout his due. Sounds to me like you've elevated him to be in that mythical status of an all-time great. And I think he, he he's definitely worthy of that conversation. You know, he's been hurt of recent years. And I think if he gets back on track to being Trout, you know, 300 hitter, 40 home run guy, driving a lot of runs for like another two or three seasons, I'll put my stamp on that all-time greatness, you know, top 10 player. He's right there with Griffey and Mays and Mantle and, and Garrick DiMaggio, Ted Williams, those guys that you were talking about. And of course, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron. I mean, that's like the top 10 guys right there. And, and I think Trout definitely belongs in that conversation at that time. I think Barry Bonds should too, but that's a, that's another topic for another day. But um, this roster, man, I mean, you don't even need a lot beyond Trouts and Bets to get my attention. But every position, they've got like not just a major leaguer, they've got like a bona fide all star, man. I mean, this team is lights out, man. And and like you said, they've got young like Bobby Witt and guys like that that are just coming onto the scene and making a splash. And they've got MVPs and, and vets and all-star, multi-time all-stars. It's going to be a fun tournament, man. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Uh, for those who are wondering, the first U.S. game is coming up on Saturday. Uh, these games will be, be played in Arizona, uh, in Phoenix. So for, uh, for our buddies out there, you want to catch a really, really cool baseball game that's not the Diamondbacks. Uh, you know, you've got an opportunity there in, in Arizona. So when all is said and done, Pop, the U.S. wins? Well, if they, if, if, if they, don't, if they don't read the press clippings like last time, you know, America had a lot of motivation last time because they, was, they, were at, they had a love affair with the Puerto Rican team last time. You remember that? Yep. They when nobody's gonna be Puerto Rico. Nobody's gonna be Puerto Rico. Nobody's better than Puerto Rico. The Dodger the 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 USA team destroyed them at Dodger Stadium. So, you know, pretty much they need that type of motivation. They need everybody to talk about Japan is this and that and the third. So that's what's gonna really help the US win this thing. But if US comes in here as the favorite, it's gonna be too much pressure. So I wanna put some pressure on, say Cuba, I think Cuba might have some some say here, Mike. I think I think they present some good value. They this is the first time that they're really going to let their players who are, who made it to the major leagues return home and play with their with their actual team. You know what I mean? Because usually Cuba hits us with all these guys that will never be in the major leagues ever, and now they we will have some of their major league guys and um. Well, Bob, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but let me jump in real fast. 
you probably didn't see this. Um, they they lost uh, a short time ago in extra innings against Italy, which oh. which now puts them at zero and two, which probably makes them very unlikely to advance. So before oh. putting any bucks down on this just yet, you may want to see if the rest of their uh, Group A um, has some wins, which they do. I think Cuba is going to be knocked out of this thing, unfortunately. And I agree with you. I think they do have a really good team. Um, their their hitting just isn't isn't um, hasn't come together this early in the year yet. They just haven't been hitting at all. They got two runs in one game and three runs in the other game. That's not going to cut it in the WBC. You're right. You're right. Cuba once again being overrated. They are the Purdue, they are the Purdue of the WBC uh, class of, of the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> well, if you're rooting for them. They have their last game going on tonight on FS1 at 8.30 Pacific time, 11.30 Eastern time this evening. Cuba will be playing for basically the, – they're dead in the water if they lose. they got to win this game against Panama. It's a must win. So that should be pretty fun. Simultaneously, by the way, the game, another game that's going to be going on is China against the Czech Republic. Two teams that I'm, I'm happy for them for getting there, but I think these two teams will be bounced out uh, very early in in the uh, in this in this event, man. I don't think either, either team has a chance in hell. I don't even know how Czech Republic put together a team. To be honest with you, man, Czech Republic. What what are you doing here? That's my biggest question. Yeah. You know, like when somebody, when you guys things going, it's like, and you know, all you know, all the kids get together, and that one kid pops up and is like, "What are you doing here? Like, who invited him?" <laughs> you know what I mean? So we'll see. Yeah, how well, at least like a lot. Most of these countries, well, most of these countries have their own league, at least. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody knows about everybody knows about Japan and and Korea's league, and I think Chinese Taipei has a league and. Uh, we see that in the Little League World Series every year. You know, and all the Latin American uh, countries have leagues. Does Italy have a league or the Czech Republic have a league? I, I wouldn't even know, man. I think those areas are so soccer crazy. You know, I, I don't know if I can necessarily imagine people dropping down money to go watch, um, you know, some lower tier baseball guys equivalent of like single A baseball probably maybe even rookie league um in italy when uh, when you could go to, to a match up against uh barcelona or uh you know your team matches up uh, against uh, Lionel messi or something you know what i mean but anyways that uh we're up against the commercial timeout pop let's take a break right here and we come back we will talk more mlb wbc nba and much much more Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show, talking a little bit of baseball, WBC, the World Baseball Classic. We are underway in the tournament, talking about who's got a shot, who should stay at home, and who's got to win. So we got a, a stacked lineup uh, this weekend in terms of all games. The first one, I mean, it should be a blowout, in my opinion, the U.S. hosting Great Britain. What do you think, man? Um, well, who Great Britain do we know about is there anybody from great britain that's like a major league baseball player that we need to take seriously i mean doesn't doesn't any white guy have like a claim i'm english i don't know know what the rules are for qualifying for there because i would think that a lot of people ancestry wise can make a claim that they're english right literally that's like half the ml that's like i think Dude, definitely they can get a whole bunch of guys who I'm from England. Yeah, they can definitely do that. I'm yeah. Over here. They can definitely do that. So, um, USA should – they gave USA a tune-up. So, I'm saying – and they they always give the teams that just won the championship a tune-up. So, we get that part, Mike. So, of course, they're going to win the game by uh, – if. I would say this though: if you put it minus one, one run and a half, um, they win by two runs or better. Oh, I think it's a must. I think it's a must. I pulled up the roster, by the way, 
they actually have kind of a decent number of brothers on the team, uh, which I, I wouldn't have necessarily thought that. Uh, definitely a higher percentage than the U.S. team for whatever reason. Uh, but the most of the names I don't think we're all familiar with, except for one that really pops out. You want to take a wild guess who's on the Great Britain team? I mean, you won't be able to guess it, but it's... I don't want to say it's shocking. I just didn't expect it. Trace, Trace Thompson. Oh, his mother. Or or the Bahamas thing from his dad, if Bahamas are part of U.S. territory, which they are. Or uh, Great Britain, British territory, which they are. Oh. Could be. Because isn't Michael Thompson from the Bahamas? Yeah, and his mother is from Europe. So, so his dad's Bahamas is and his mother's white, obviously European. So that could be it. But I wouldn't have expected Trace Thompson to be playing for England. He ain't sure he damn sure ain't gonna be playing for the US, so he wanna play, right? I think that's kind of what it what it's about. It's like, okay, I can't make the US team, but I've got whatever, Jewish blood, so I'm gonna play for Israel. I get it, man. Why not? Right, and I think why you're playing is because you know that you're going to get a better a better run with the WBC than you will in spring training right now because you're actually going against top-notch MLB pitching. In spring training, you're going against guys that are trying to get another contract. You're going against guys that they're developing. You're going against kids that they just have up there to, to get some, some, some time in on, on, the, on the big boy team. You know, it's a lot of teaching going on at spring training. When this WBC, we just go play straight up baseball. And this is what Trace Thompson needs to do to make the team. You know what I mean? To make, well, to be a starter with the Dodgers. And knowing Trace Thompson, they won't be sitting on Trace Thompson for long if he's not a starter. He's an asset that they can drain. So I think he wants to play for the Dodgers so he doesn't have to leave home because he loves playing for the Dodgers, you know what I mean? And his father loves going to the game. His brother loves going to the game when he has a chance to, his mother as well. So he wants to keep that going. And he made a lot of strides with the Dodgers last season as well too. The Dodgers really went out of their way to bring him back to the team. So they believe in Trace Thompson, but the emergence of Cody Bellinger really kind of killed it for Trace Thompson. You know what I mean? So, you know, now he can try to get that back because he is in prime position to be the starting center fielder. And if he does well with, say, a limited team like Great Britain in the WBC, then it give him a lot of confidence going into the regular season as well, too. Hey, man, I'll tell you, Trace Thompson was uh... – I mean, in the second half of the season, man, he was raking. He really, really, really emerged as a key contributor to the Dodgers. He had a lot of RBI in the second half, man. I mean, the guy really, really finally came together. And I say finally because he's a little bit older. You know, he's not like a a 20-year-old prospect. He's now 31, Uh, you know, 6'3", 225. And sometimes that happens in baseball. It takes a while for you to refine your game to the point to where you're able to hit major league pitching consistently because that's what it's all about you know you could call up a lot of guys from the minors and they could come up and and make a splash and hit a home run or do something impressive but they can't do it every day so a lot of times they get discouraged because they come come up 
do they contribute right away, but then day in, day out, after 10 games, they're looking, their batting average is 120, you know. Uh, you know, Trace Thompson had to go through those kind of growing pains, I think, with the White Sox and the Dodgers and the Cubs. I think he, I think Dave Roberts is going to uh, bet, bet on him being a starter or at least a guy that he could get into 130 games and, and get to give him 400 plus at bats. I think that's the case. But anyways, this isn't the Trace Thompson show. Uh, I just was, was mentioning him because I did not expect him to be on team USA or team, sorry, team England. He's really the only recognizable name for me on, on this ball club. So I don't think this team has a rat's chance in hell. I think they're going to be crushed by USA. Um, but we got to play the games, right, Pop? Yep, you got to play the games. But you know what, though? At the same time, our two teams are doing their They do diligence, and they may see something that they like. You know what I mean? And so it's not all necessarily about just winning the WBC Classic. It's about looking good, too. You know what I mean? And you, you can look good losing as well. So, you know, I think that's that it's a great opportunity for guys to get an opportunity. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, because people don't know how hard it is to get, get to the MLB. You have to be really good. And you're already going through a big, you know, like a big bargain bin of guys when you consider minor league teams and, you know, who they high on and who they not high on and who's just the old guy that's down there that's that's taking up a spot. You know what I mean? And so pretty much some of these guys are playing for these teams in the WBC and they're saying they're proud to play for it, but they know that they like the, the, the extra luxuries of this situation as well too because they never get in the MLB as is because they're not one of those guys. So it's a beautiful, beautiful experience for the Major League Baseball player and just for the professional baseball player in general. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I do think that there's uh, a level of prestige. I think there's a level of uh, pride involved. I think there is a level, like you mentioned, to be able to face good pitching so that you could help your own personal status as a future or current major leaguer. Uh, I think all of those things do come into play. And like you said, you know, they've obviously done their due diligence. They're not going to embarrass themselves per se, uh, but they just don't have enough talent to get enough outs against that kind of all-star lineup. I mean, heck, man, you could put out their Verlander and he could get rocked by this lineup. Yeah, that's how good this lineup is, you know. So whoever England has to throw at these all-stars, uh, you know, I, I would not be surprised if they have a tough time getting through some innings um, because that the U.S. roster is not good. But it's all dependent on how is their timing this early in the spring pop. Because, you know, you got to shake off the rust. You know, I haven't been facing Major League pitching in, what, four or five months. So getting into that batter's box with a name on your back doesn't do anything for you. You're going to have three pitches at least to be able to do something with it this early in the spring. How capable are you of doing so? The other thing, too, by the way, is if a pitcher isn't locating very well, because he's trying to nip the corners and his accuracy is not of a major league level, 
sometimes those guys are hard to get a hit off of. It's counterintuitive, but sometimes the lesser pitchers aren't as good because they don't have as much pinpoint control. You know what I mean? So, you know, you still have to get a pitch to hit. And sometimes it's easier to be able to, you know, guess right and to use your experience to get a hit off of major league talent than somebody who is an inconsistent minor league talent. You know what I mean, Pop? Right. I totally agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, pretty much the talent that you have um, at your display is something that, you know, it's the best of the be- it's the best that you can get for that country. But if they were to play in a league in that country with that team, they would probably be the champions of that league. Um, I truly do feel that when it comes down to it, though, um, the best team is going to be the team that finds their 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 communication, in my opinion. And if you can communicate well, everything should work out. And that's the one thing about the Latin teams is that they get in trouble is that is there's ego in that situation, a lot of ego. And when they don't win the games, they, they like to point fingers a lot. And I think that, you know, pretty much that's why America has been so good because they don't point fingers. Everybody's accountable. And so whoever's the most accountable team should be the winner. But I know that the team that's going to give America the biggest threat is going to be Japan because they got Shohei. And Shohei is already the show as is in America. So that's going to be a very played up matchup because they're going to make sure that matchup happens, Mike. So that's something that I look forward to Japan versus the USA because I know that's going to be a game that's going to get covered and that's going to actually take everybody's attention. Because, you know, if it's going to be the biggest thing going in Japan, America be try to make sure it's the third biggest thing going in America. Worth worth mentioning, by the way, Pop, in terms of managers and coaches, Mark DeRosa from MLB Network is the manager for Team USA. This isn't anything that he's ever done before. It'll be interesting to see how he handles it. You know, he's uh, he's pulling a uh, like a lynch with the 49ers where he's coming from the broadcast world back into the sport that he played. But there's one other guy that I want to mention who I didn't know had coaching aspirations, but maybe now because his kids have already gone to college and, and he's kind of do- doesn't have those parenthood responsibilities anymore. Ken Griffey Jr. Do you know he's the team coach for Team USA? I saw he's out there with Trout and crew, but damn, he's the hitting coach. That's good. He's the hitting coach. I didn't even know that he wanted to pursue that. I think that's awesome, man. I love seeing it. Yeah, well, you know, Griffey wants to, you know, Griffey is a guy that should not be as forgotten. Like, Griffey was on, was 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 really, really, a lot of people don't say this, but Griffey was entering Jordan level, and he got hurt. Yeah. He was literally entering, because look, they shut down everything when he went to Cincinnati. That was like a really big deal, that press conference. And they had this vision that Cincinnati was about to become this dynasty when he went there. They truly did because Barry, Barry Larkin was still a top player in the MLB when he came and they had some top players in the MLB. They had some good pitchers as well too. And they thought that the kid coming home was going to be the resurgence of 
the Cincinnati Reds because the Cincinnati Reds have been a dormant team for the last 20-some-odd years. But we knew before that the Reds were a staple of the MLB. They have kind of became a, a, a relevant situation. But we all know that we grew up with a lot of Cincinnati Reds plastered on the television, a lot of Cincinnati Reds news. So, you know, that team, since it's not as relevant as they they were back in the day, it kind of kills the Griffey effect a little bit because Griffey still had to go back to Seattle at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And I think that where he messed up at was that it was his reluctance to not be a Yankee. If he just becomes a Yankee, I think that you put him on the Jordan level. Or if he would have went to the White Sox or Cubs instead of the Reds, that would have been, you know, oh, oh man, this guy is the, the, the man. You know, but I always felt like if you were going to leave Seattle, just go be a Dodger. You know what I mean? He's, he, he knew where he had to go. Hollywood. Griffey was perfect for it. Griffey just made Griff, but Griffey will always be seen as a player's player and a fan's player because he didn't make the, the, the decisions that the, he didn't make the hard decisions. He made easy decisions. He played for Seattle, got a video game. The whole world was like, this is the best player in baseball. He then goes and he wants to get paid. Seattle says, we're not going to pay you because we're paying everybody else but you. So pretty much, well, they were paying everybody. And Griffey wanted an absurd contract that they just couldn't afford. So they decided to move on because they knew the writing was on the wall. So pretty much um, King Griffey Jr., is it's great to have King Griffey Jr. because he's really seen as the guy from the last 25 years in, in all retrospect because he's not bunched into that group that they said did steroids. So that's why King Griffey kind of stands out. And when King Griffey's doing something just in general, is always just going to be significant. Yeah, no doubt about that, Pop. Let's take our final commercial time out. We'll come back with more The Kid, Ken Griffey Jr., and a lot more baseball. Stay with us, everyone. We will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. We were just talking about Ken Griffey Jr. pop, and it kind of got me thinking, man, those Seattle teams were absolutely stacked with the big unit, Randy Johnson and A-Rod, Edgar Martinez, Jay Buhner, Griffey Jr. It's really a shame that they didn't find a way to keep that team intact because that was an all-time great type of ball club. That one year with Lou Pinella, they won, what, like 100 and 17 or 108 i don't even remember but just a mind-blowing number of games uh i think had they won the world series that year i think the fate of the mariners would have been very drastically different it's always interesting to me how like one game or one series changes the course of history when it comes to franchises the one that comes to mind in the nfl recently is the houston texans if they didn't blow that big lead against the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago, Deshaun Watson would be there, DeAndre Hopkins would be there, you know, J.J. Watt would be there. They would have, uh, you know, moved on and beat KC, but KC came back from a 3TD deficit, came back and beat them. But we're not talking football right now. Similar thing happened with Seattle Mariners. You know, they put together this ridiculous roster, and then they just couldn't afford to keep everybody because they had the best talent in the world and a lot of it, you know. And when you look, you know, obviously A-Rod went on to be a Yankee and had a very long and successful career with the Yankees and won a World Series. The big unit moved on to Arizona Diamondbacks and he won a World Series with the D-backs alongside Kurt Schilling and Luis Gonzalez, uh, right? Uh, you know, uh, Griffey is the one that went on to Cincinnati. They were trying to recreate the big red machine from the seventies, which had like George Foster and Joe Morgan and Pete Rose and uh, Ken Griffey senior and on and on and on. But those are all time great teams. And I think he got maybe a little bit too nostalgic, you know, who knows if he doesn't get hurt in Seattle or if he does get hurt, those things we'll never find out. But uh, I guess bringing it back to the WBC, I think his years of experience and his expertise as a hitter that played so relaxed in his major league career, I think is, is actually a good recipe in, in a event like this into the WBC. And it'll be interesting to me what the feedback is about Ken Griffey. You know, these guys light up the scoreboard every night. Is he somebody that major league teams pursue? Does he even want that? I don't know. Maybe the WBC is perfect for him, Pop, because maybe it just gives him an opportunity for a month to be able to be a part of the game and wear the uniform and 
have a microphone in his face, but beyond that, no thank you. Maybe it's perfect for him, Pop. Yeah, you know, I think that Griffey is just in a good place where, you know, let's get some let's get some time going. Let me see if I, I want to do this. And, um, you know, I'm just advertising for my next role. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, you got somebody like Ken Griffey. I, Seattle would love to have him come in there as a consultant, something of that nature, because they do have a guy down there that is seen as a special player right now. And you might want to bring in an old vet to, you know, give guys some great pointers and everything like that, because it looks like the Mariners might be returning back to being a very, very great team because they did make the playoffs last year. They were able to advance in the playoffs as well, too. They did get up ended by their arch rival, the Houston Astros, but they gave the Astros a run for their money as well, too. The Astros had to have miracle comebacks to beat them. And the only reason why they came back was because they have the extended uh, scouting report. So, you know, Seattle, if Seattle beats um, Houston in that uh, opening in that series, in the divisional series, I promise you they would have been in the World Series, Mike, because that's what type of run that they were going to go on because they were already going on a run as is with that good playoff uh with the with the way that they started the playoffs you know what i mean and then you know the way that they kept making houston really had to earn those wins they they tore Van, they gave they tore Van, verlander a new one and literally they needed some lucky shots at the end of those games to win those two games in houston and then again they had to really pull out uh, pull out some teeth to get that win over there in um, Seattle. So just think if the uh, series goes uh, the other direction, that could have been a Seattle sweep. Seattle moves on. Seattle wins again. Yeah, they beat the Yankees, Mike. Yeah, they beat the Yankees. And then quite possibly you shake it up and anything can happen when you get to the World Series. That would have been an amazing run. But at the end of the day, it didn't happen. And pretty much now they can try to get that back. But I think that Griffey, you know, you get excited about Griffey because Griffey's an all-time great. He's a uh, all-star. He's a Hall of Famer. He's all that stuff. But at the, but you know, the, he he can't come in there talking about winning championships because that's something he didn't do. So you know, I think that Griffey just wanted to get get his feet wet with the situation to see if he wants to do it because this is 162 games, Mike. It just ain't something that you snap up and just want to do. And, you know, guys retire from the MLB for a reason, so they don't have to keep doing that. But um, it's funny to me. Hopefully one of these years they might get Daryl Strawberry come out because I know he would love to talk some baseball as well too. You know, let's stop thinking about what Daryl did on the side and off uh, outside of the uh, dugout or in the dugout. You know, the guy's still a great baseball mind as well, too. And I've heard him talk about the game. And I said he needs to be giving some of this knowledge to these young players as well, too. You know, but he does spend a lot of time talking about Jesus as well, too. And no offense to people that love church and all that good stuff. But, you know, we do have folks that that do spend their 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 literally 80 percent of their day, you know, doing church. You know, what I mean, and he's one of those people. So, yeah, he's very knee deep in his preaching. So I'm not sure that he even desires anything beyond like, you know, a spring training, you know, mentor or something like that. You know what I mean? Right, and and when you think about it too, sometimes you got to keep guys like that away from a life that derailed them into a lot of negative things. You know what I mean? Because you start thinking about things, you start 
remembering what, what you used to be, and then you might have a little bit of a relapse. So maybe that's why he stayed away from it. Yeah, it could be the case, man. So we got a few minutes left, Pop, and I want to talk about, uh, you know, obviously some of today's news. Uh, Patrick Ewing is out, you know, uh, at Georgetown. You know, obviously he was a Georgetown legend, and um, they had high expectations. And, you know, he had some NBA coaching experience. He'd been on NBA coaching staffs, et cetera. But Georgetown didn't really get back to the days of the 80s and the prominence that Georgetown had. Uh, obviously, with uh, with with their legendary coach, longtime coach, uh, and you know George uh, uh, Patrick Ewing was supposed to take the mantle and kind of extend that glory, you know, reminiscent of the '80s, like I said, or Allen Iverson days. But he gone, uh, and we were talking about other guys who were out as well. Let's bring it to the NBA. What are the most significant injuries that are going to affect playoff seeding from your mind? In your mind, real quick, I'm a double side this though. 30 seconds on Patrick Ewing. This was the this was the absolute correct move by Georgetown. The only reason why Pat Ewing got extended, got more years, you know, added on with like where they didn't let it go, let him go was because they won the Big East tournament. And literally, this team hasn't been much of anything since John Thompson Jr. took the team to the Final Four when he had Roy Hibbert um, and Green and all those guys who went to the NBA later on. So, you know, Georgetown, it's really about the the about the about game of college basketball, literally, you know, being there, being, being, being what it is. And, you know, Georgetown just can't bring in those guys anymore. You know what I mean? They just not bringing in guys from Dunbar High School who went 100-0 in high school anymore. So it is what it is at the end of the day. It's too competitive of, of a game for you to think about Georgetown being – you know, one of those teams because Georgetown is not built to be is not built up like that. It's a student athlete situation. But with the NBA seeding, Mike, I would say that um, I talked about today on my show as well to the NBA playoff picture is getting very clear. The Lakers look like a team that will possibly be in the mix to be the sixth seed. I don't care what anybody says. The Clippers look like a possibility. Clippers look like they're going to slip into the play-in situation. And with what just happened to the Suns, the Suns could easily fall into that uh, that situation as well, too. I feel like the Warriors are about to hit their stride. They are in – they're very confident right now. So they have themselves a very good look at moving forward and being, you know, defending their title. Uh, this is going to sound crazy right now, Mike, because the Western Conference keeps telling me – I keep looking at the Western Conference, and I keep saying if the Lakers continue doing what they're doing and the Warriors continue doing what they're doing and they don't have to have anything that has them meet up before this point, we quite possibly have – these two teams playing in the conference championship this year, Mike. I know it sounds crazy, but just think about it. Warriors, Lakers, conference championship. NBA would love this because no other team in the Western Conference other than these two teams really present that must-see TV matchup. You're think probably about right about that because, I mean, obviously I'm I'm rooting for the small-town team, the Sacramento Kings, to be able to advance – 
But I don't think that anybody gives a hoot about the Kings outside of Sacramento or maybe Northern California or something. I mean, it wouldn't be a very big national draw. That's for damn sure. Uh, obviously, look, the Warriors, because of their rings and their star power, they're in San Francisco. L.A. versus San Francisco is always a big thing. But you and I both know, Pop, it's always about the East, right? I mean, whether they are the best or not, you know, the most hyped playoff series are going to involve the Celtics and the Sixers. You know, uh, the Knicks haven't been very relevant in a long-ass time, but obviously anytime the Knicks kind of show signs of life, you know, those are the teams that that the league is interested in. Isn't that the case, man? I'm going to tell you what teams the league is interested in because they know this is always must-see TV. One plays in Boston, the other one plays in Los Angeles. Yeah. If they could have Boston, uh, L.A. every year in the finals, they would love it. Would do it. it. Absolutely. That, that would do it because think about this. The last great NBA final that you had was the 2010 final with Kobe and Garnett, and I'm I, I look literally I'm still think I'm still just in awe of that series, Mike. And it's been 13 years, brother, 13 years, and I've never been a a part of 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 a series that intense, other than with your uh, Kings when we uh, had the three feet year and we had to play you guys in seven games and. Just literally, that was that was scary, bro. Because I'm gonna keep it real. Sacramento was the better team that year. Lakers had a lot of injuries, a lot of turmoil kind of going on in the locker room a little bit. But you know, everything. But everybody got it together for the cause of a championship. The the Kings had everything checked off. They had great chemistry. They had great shooters. They had great leaders. They had the dynamic player in Chris Webber. And then they had, you know, the dynamic guard and Mike Bibby. They really went head toe-to-toe with the Lakers pound for pound that year. And literally, they had a way better bench than the Lakers, who were much older than the Kings at that time, and a little bit less athletic as well, too. So that might be one of the biggest misses for a bat- for any sports franchise that you'll ever get. That's up there with the Minnesota Vikings losing to the Atlanta Falcons. That's up there with um, who else? That's up there with the with a lot of what-if moments. You know what I mean? And I always feel like that Kings team, regardless of anything, that was the NBA final right there. That that conference final right there was the NBA final, Mike. And that's what is was incredible. And I know that a lot of Sacramento friends are still living that nightmare today. So that's why I know everybody's really excited up there about this team this year. And, you know, I don't want to overlook them. And I think for the first time ever, you may have – one division representing the whole Western Conference in the Western Conference semifinal. Think about that. Say you get the Lakers, the Kings, the Warriors, and the Suns in that group because the Clippers are a first-round exit. Let's just keep it real. They they did something stupid uh, by bringing – I like I thought the Westbrook edition was going to be great, but at the end of the day, Mike, that was dumb. It threw off all your chemistry. Now you really don't have anything. Getting rid of Reggie Jackson was bigger than than most things. You're right. Yeah, because yeah. Clippers' chemistry is shot. It's, it's not because of Westbrook. It's just because they had to. They made a switch 
at why the team was is playing good basketball. And when you make a switch, and this switch doesn't impact us still churning upwards, it's gonna it's gonna destroy anything that you were doing. So they're first round action, Mike. They're too up and down for uh, a team to advance in the playoffs. I hear you, man. You make it makes sense. Yeah, but it I, just oh, the Western Conference season. wide open. Yeah, I don't like midseason disruption when things are going well. You know, if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it. Don't try to fix it because you're going to f it up. But it should be very intriguing. It should be a very interesting playoff series. It may not be the great uh, the greatest playoff uh, tournament of all time, but it's definitely more wide open than in past years. What is not wide open is any more of our show because we've run out of clock, man. We are at the end of the road. Pop, thank you for always being the best co-pilot in the land. Thank you to Voice America, to Josh, our sound guy, sound engineer, uh, the whole team involved. And most of all, thank you to you folks, the listeners out there. With you, there is no show. We will see you same time. Same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.